The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. You know, he, he's a real pastor. He puts pressure on you at the right time. You know, he'll come and say to me, the timer is over there. <laughs> is it counting down or counting up? Is it going up? Uh-uh. Going down. <laughs> All right. So when we last spoke, he said something to me like, um, I want you to do some apostolic stuff this morning. He wants me to speak about like the government of the church. And we're going to get into that, but I, I, last night and coming here, waiting on God for word for the two of you, I want to bring a testimony which is also an acknowledgement, which is also an honor to your pastor and his wife. So we're, we pray on a Friday from 12 to 1, it was 12 to 2, but it became a little bit um, difficult to have that parameter on a Friday, so we brought it down to an hour. But we pray every Friday over and above our other prayer meetings from 12 to 1. And the last one I was at, during the prayer meeting, I went up to the board and I started writing pastors and their wives that we relate to and in network with to pray over. And I started the list and we ran down the list, went down to the bottom, went and, and, and the list just kept going. And so in line with what you preached this morning is that how long have we known each other now exactly? When did you come to Malmesbury that that hey? five years. Time flies when you're having fun. Five years ago, Positi stepped into our life, and I'm, I don't want to go into the detail. My son Sean was on a flight from Joburg to Cape Town, or I, and there was a guy sitting next to him. They started talking about the things of God. The guy turned around and he said, you've got to meet my pastor. We still haven't found that guy. we're starting to believe that that guy must have been an angel on a flight because we still haven't found the guy who that you've got to meet my pastor and Sean took down his name telephone number contact details and he contacted his pastor which happens to be this man and they developed relationship and Sean invited Positi to come and preach and the, we, we've got different campuses and stuff. And the Thursday night for many, many years, we'd been going through to Malmesbury. And we took him with us. And he preached that night. And when we got back to the car, I wanted to sit in front and leave Sean at the back with him. They changed the seating arrangement around in the car. The two of us ended up in the back by design. He had asked that I sit with him going back. And that night he asked me if I would be his mentor and our relationship went up from there. What happened after that is he invited me to an ethnos conference in 
was in L.A. We went to New York and then from there to L.A. And introduced me to some of his friends. While writing that list down, it became evident to me that from that time till now, the multiplication in my life and in our ministry's life through this man's obedience and his unselfish invitation to take me along for the ride, everything that he just preached now is in what I'm telling you. Faithful in my life in the things that the mammon, true riches, but in his and their lives as well. In a short five-year span, and I know it's true about your life, you know, the terrorist ministries that you were telling me about, and, and, and. In the short space of five years, there has been a multiplication in our lives that is like, it's almost incalculable to, to, to look at. And so I'm giving you that testimony to say that what the man preaches from behind the pulpit is not just words. It's not just a good sermon. It's not just reading the Bible and telling you that's what's in the Bible. It's demonstration. It's, I'm trying to find a word that's not there. Demonstrationable. It's, 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 it, it is practically visible, real, that it actually works. It works in their lives. It works in my life. And because of your involvement and your commitment to this ministry, it is working. God is working. Even when you don't see it, He's working. It's working out. It's the Word works itself out. The blessing of the Word works itself out in your life. So I want to say to you, you've chosen wisely. You've chosen well. And I want to encourage you to stick it out. I'm not here, you know, slapping sugar around your mouth today or, you know, just trying to butter you up. I'm, I'm really serious about what I'm doing right now and saying the new members and the things, every time I come, there's growth. God is doing great things. We've moved from the, the old venue to the new venue. All of those signs are exactly what he was talking about just now. It's fruit. You judge a tree by the fruit you see on it. There are a lot of people that are out there pointing fingers, saying things, doing things, being critical. But at the end of the day, when somebody starts talking to you about a ministry and being critical and that sort of thing, ask yourself the question from the, about the person that's speaking, what does the fruit look like on the tree that the, criti the criticism is coming from? Is there the same fruit or better fruit on that tree than the, the one that it's being criticized? And you'll probably find that in lots of cases, the person that's actually speaking doesn't even have a congregation. Oh, sorry. I, did, did, I, did, I, did I say, you know, the, the people are critical, but they don't have, a, they've never led five people, but they're telling the pastor how to lead. And so that's my job this morning is to, to come in and say some things about church government, church leadership that, that has to do with building you up going forward and trusting the people that God has put over you as shepherds. 
And just that word there in itself, you, you don't have to be clever, you don't have to have a degree to be able to go and have a look at the word pastor, which means shepherd, and understand what his job description is and what the responsibility in it, but what it produces in the sheep that follow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And so the, 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 there, is a, there is a demonstration of that. So you, you're going you're gonna to see where I'm going shortly, but okay. While this is a quote that I got off the net, while it looks like things are out of control, Behind the scenes, there is a God who has not surrendered his authority. A.W. Tozer. I'm going to read it again to you. While it looks like things are out of control behind the scenes. Hello to 2020 and 2021 in the world we live in. There is a God who has not surrendered authority. He has not abdicated. He has not left his throne. He is not powerless. He is a God in control. And so if I look at Pastor Henry and, and Pastor T's quotes, they've been putting up quotes the last couple of weeks, really inspiring stuff. Like I'm going, wow, I wish I'd said that. <laughs> the, 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 the quotes to you and me, if you go and look at the broad spectrum of just Facebook and what's being put out there, how much confusion, how much fear, how much darkness, how much backbiting all the other guys are spending, then have a look at what's coming from your house and understand it's uplifting, it's foundational, it's directional. It's from a shepherd's heart that wants to lead you in green pastures. It's taking you away from fear. It's taking your eyes off the darkness. It's taking and it's placing you in a direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? That is a true mark of where I can put my trust and say, I want to belong. And you heard the people that were new members and, and, and the unison with which they spoke. It's, it's what they see because... It comes from the leadership. It comes from the example. They're not just talking, they're walking. So the walk that they're walking is louder than the talk than they're talking because it's demonstrationable and you are seeing. So I want to honor the two of you today. And I want to, by honoring you and testifying about this and what it's done in my life, I want you to hear something and say, oh my goodness, I, I, I think I hear something I must concentrate on going in that direction. So last night, I'm, I'm sitting thinking about this, and how many of you know what a compass is? You know, with, with GPS and, and, you know, your phone, who needs a compass? As long as you've got a signal, you know, you know, you can go where you like, zoom, zoom. As long as you've got a signal, you know, as long as you've got a signal, it's all okay. And then if it does get a little bit out, you know, there's a little thing going, what does it say, at the, Henry? What does it say? Is it like there's a little blue arrow and it gets out. You push on the arrow, it says re, 
rerouting or redirecting, and you push it and it refreshes. Isn't technology also man? You go refresh and it goes wee, you you know, and then refresh and wee, and you you back redirect and and it and it 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 refreshes and redirects. But a compass. When I was a youngster, I was in the Boy Scouts, and they taught us map reading. So you'd you'd have a map, and you'd have a compass, and the compass has got a magnetic needle to the magnetic north pole. And on the map, there's a little thing that shows you where's north. But I can point the map in any direction. It hasn't got the ability to coordinate itself in the direction of north. I've got to take the compass, get the direction, and then put the map down and put it on that arrow and, and I align the alignment, say alignment, the alignment comes when I get the north on the map and the north on the compass aligned with each other, now the map is aligned. Now when I've got that down, I can put the compass on one side as long as I don't move the map now, and now I can go like this. Oh, on the map it says if I've got this, then Santon City should be Somewhere, oh, it really is there. But, but if I didn't have the map aligned, and I put it down like this, then Sandton City would be over there. And William Nickel would be over there. Hello. Is, some, is somebody with me? So you're saying, what, is, what has that got to do with this morning as far as apostolic direction is concerned. Well, first of all, the Word and the Spirit is like the compass and the map. Without the Spirit, this is just another book that I can know off by heart. And, and I might have it. I can recite it. But it's not a living word as long as the Spirit is not placed upon it. Once I get the Spirit upon it and I put the Spirit and the Word together in Spirit and in truth, which is His Word. When I put the two together, I have true direction. Where does that bring the headship? God doesn't share vision with more than one visionary in a house. Because if he shares vision with more than one visionary, we have confusion. We have God the Father, God the Son. The head of the Son is the Father. The head of the wife is the husband. The head of the church. There's, there's an operational standard of how something works. Because if I have more than one voice speaking, I have confusion. God is not a God of confusion. And so what happens is I have a dragon. <laughs> a thing with more than one head is a dragon. But if I have the singleness of a visionary, God has shared the vision with the man of the house. Now the man of the house is taking you like a boat in a direction.
So the interpretation of the Spirit and the Word for this house comes when this man and this woman stand up in front of you, put it down and say, Good morning, church. This morning we're in chapter 3 of John 3.16 and I'm going to preach this to you this morning because I believe it's the right season for it. It's the right timing for it. It's the right medication for right now. It's giving you the right input right now. And then we go back to what you're seeing on Facebook right now and back to the messages of the last six weeks or six months. And you'll see that in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of fear, there's a man that has not gone. I I love the way he puts it. He was on a call with us the other day and he said, we didn't have a book that we could go and refer to as pastors leading a group of people in the midst of pandemic, we go to the library and we take out the book that says the how to lead your church through a pandemic and we could read up in the manual and then come back to you and say to you, good morning. (laughs) I was reading in the book of how to in the pandemic and I want to give this to you. No, sir, there was none of that. And so the importance of what I'm trying to say to you this morning, the very important thing is, in the midst of this confusion, if there's one thing the pandemic has taught us as pastors and as children of God, is to hear the right voice, to use the right compass, to get to the right source, because without it, we're lost. There is no way we're coming out of this, because the confusion... I think we sit around Bryflace fires, my friends that brought me, uh, Johan and Egan, and we talk about this stuff for hours because it is confusing even to me. But at the end of the day, I go back to sitting with God and saying, Lord, I don't understand any of this, but please help. And then you, between the spirit-filled passes and the communication with each other and the word and the compass have a pastor who has spent time in conference with God in his quiet time by looking at the word and asking the spirit to tell me what to say to the people on a Sunday morning in the midst of 19 months of pandemic and I come out with spiritual truths not natural ones. Uh, are, you, are, you hearing, are you hearing what I'm saying? So on the grounds of that this morning, I want to throw in just a, a couple of things for you and saying you're in a good place. <laughs> in fact, if I didn't have a church and I stayed in Joburg, I tell you, I know where I would worship. It would be at Faith Hill with these two people. Amen. So you, you're in a good place. And I'm not saying this this morning because he asked me. I'm saying this, Lord, what, what do you want me to say? And this is what he wants me to say in line with the word this morning to you. Okay? So go with me quickly to Nehemiah. Nehemiah or Nehemiah or, or you know that guy. That one. That one. <laughs> Okay, and and chapter 9, we started a new thing in the church, 
and it's kind of crazy. We, we didn't intentionally want to actually go on beyond once. We were trying to encourage the people to be excited. We said, listen, guys, you need to be excited about the word. So we said to them, be excited about the word. As a demonstration, when the pastor reads that first scripture, you should all be going, whoa! Like, yeah, the word. Our church, you don't have to coach them anything, coax them, encourage them, you get them. So now for the last three weeks when we say, okay, we're going to read the first scripture and we forget about it. You know, we've forgotten that we said this like three weeks ago. And we say, Nehemiah 9 verse 20. And everybody goes, no, no, no. Everybody goes, a little bit louder than that. Go. And the visitors go, what on earth just happened? You know, like Nehemiah 9 verse 20. And everybody goes, whoa. And everybody, and, and Sean and I for the last two or three weeks, we get a fright and we go, what just happened, you know? And, and then we realize it was something we encouraged anyway. So just that is a lighter side of things. Okay. So you also gave, in the Amplified, Nehemiah 9.20, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them and withheld not your manner from them and gave water for their thirst. Forty years, what? Can somebody say 40 years? Versus what? 19 months. 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. Can somebody say amen? They lacked nothing. Can I have an amen in the house? <laughs> they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out. And I, you know, I, can, I know why the ladies are not that excited about that. I, I really know why the ladies, the ladies would not like to wear the same fashion, especially this woman right here. They would not like to wear the same fashion for 40 years. They, they, I would like my clothes to wear out so I can go to my husband and say, do you see these pair of shoes? They, they, they no longer... <laughs> In fact, <laughs> where am I? Okay, they, they, uh, they lack, their clothes wax not old and their feet swelled not. In fact, there's a scripture that says there was not one... After they had... Eaten the meat of the lamb roasted, which is a type and picture of Jesus. And they applied the blood to the doorposts, type and picture of the cross. When they left through that door, after 420 years of slavery and the whips of the Egyptian slave masters, there were not one feeble. There wasn't anybody with a bent you know, the, uh, uh, back. What do they call that when people's backs develop wrong? Hans Beck or the, the, the other one, that they say it's like multiple sclerosis type word. Like, you know, there was nobody with scoliosis or any of those other osis there. <laughs> there was nobody that was, after carrying loads of bricks up those stairs, after being whipped and falling, broken hands... There was not one feeble one amongst them. Yes, sir. Mm. 
Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations and to divide them into corners so they possessed the land of Shion and the land of the king of Heshbon and the land of Og and the king of Bashan. Their children also multiply, you multiply, I'm now in the King James now, thou hast, as the stars of heaven, thou broughtest them into the land concerning which thou had promised to their fathers that they should not, uh, that they should go in and possess it. So the children went in and possessed the land. <laughs> they subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, that you gave into their hands. Where is this? And they took strong cities and the fat of the land and possessed houses full of all goods. It says they dwelt in houses they did not build. I'm prophesying to some people this morning. They stayed in houses they did not build. Wells they, the, the other scripture says that there were wells that they didn't, and vineyards that they did not plant. And fruit on trees in abundance so they did eat and were filled and became fat, the delight of the land. And, and, and that's as far as I want to go with that. But do you see what I'm saying to you is that God has the ability to guide in the most uh, uh, adverse conditions and bring you through in the most he has not abdicated he is still on the throne and that is the message from the spirit that we have to hang on to this morning it's a good versus evil in the, in the light we, life we now live in it's good versus evil it's light versus darkness but I can tell you one thing for sure good has never, evil has never ever succeeded in conquering good. It might have a bit of like a victory for one or two months, maybe two or three years, but in the end, Hitler was conquered. In the end, slavery was broken. In the end, God brings his people out. For what reason does it take five years or 40 years? The timing is more a godly thing that needs to be discussed at length. But the end result needs to be focused on this morning so that we know that God has a direction for us that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Is that, and, and, and here's the basis of it. The natural man, 1 Corinthians 2, cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. But the spiritual man receives everything, even the deep things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. The discernment that we need right now in our country, in our in our business, in our family, is not looking at what the natural is showing you. And that's why we battle so much, because our, our, our being is inclined to listen to the natural voice. The, the newspaper, the newscast on radio, the TV, whatever is speaking, the way I was brought up, that speaks louder. It's, it speaks louder than words. It's ingrained in us. But we have to remind, renew our mind to what is the spiritual truth and get the spiritual word, the word with spirit compass on it. And that's what the pastor is, is destined to do in your midst when he is a shepherd. I listened to an awesome thing from Joseph Prince. He said, um, he was talking at a leaders' conference. He said, the pastor feeds, 
So if I want to have to look good, <laughs> if I if I want to be healthy, if I've got a good pastor, then I'm fed. I'm not emaciated. I don't look like I, you know, I'm suffering from malnutrition in the spirit. No, no, I'm I'm well fed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's there's stuff in me that is it's clear. The fruit, the 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 production of that guy's got a good pastor because the pastor's feeding him the right food. I don't see any person in this house this morning that's been here for a while. I know some of you. I know some of the stuff you've testified. I come back after a year and you're driving a brand new car. You've got a brand new job. You've been promoted. The pastor must have been feeding you some good, good food because spiritually you started confessing the right word over your life. You started walking with an expectancy of faith. And I, I hear what you're saying. And what he was saying this morning, it's not about material riches. But the fact is that if I am connected to the vine, we're not a prosperity preacher that says it's about the things. No, it's about the God of the things. But when I'm connected to the vine, I'm going to naturally bear fruit. It's going to be there in my life. Ooh, I'm enjoying this so much, I don't want the clock to go down. Hey, it's awesome. God is so good. It, Ah, so, where was I? I don't want to lose my, my, my track of thought now. All right, I want us to go to, um, let's, go, let's go to Ephesians quickly. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I'm trying to, obviously... What we're talking about this morning when it comes to me coming in an apostolic realm and saying to you, this is this house, this is this pastor, this is the direction and confirming stuff. I cannot cover that in, in a service of this length or even five services. It's a continuation thing that you, you need to hear about your leadership but there's certain stuff that makes very good sense when you start to see it and it's brought to your attention. You go, okay, that makes sense. So Ephesians 4 says, um, from verse 11, I wish I could read even further back than that about he who went up is the same who came down. You know, now ascended. But let's go from 11. He that descended is the same also that ascended. 10, sorry. Up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for, uh, for, for the work of the ministry. Oh, that's right. You didn't help me. I didn't finish the Joseph Prince thing. Why didn't you say, hey, stop. You didn't finish the story. Shepherds feed. He said, a good house is where a shepherd feeds. Feeds the flock. Then he went to the place where Jesus is standing on the last day of the feast. He said, 
If any man thirst, any man, any woman, let him come unto me and drink. He said, he didn't say come unto me and draw. Because I can be dying of thirst and I can draw gallons full of water and I can come and give it to you and continue dying from thirst because I didn't drink. I can draw, but drawing is not drinking. I can remain thirsty, sick, and burned out by drawing, simply drawing water, but not drinking. He's talking about leadership going and drinking. Me and him in one place. In Acts it says, there came a time when the Greek widows... We're upset with the Hebrew widows because there was a problem with the serving of the tables. And the apostles came and said, it is not right for us to serve tables. That's not my calling. It's not my job description. It's not what I'm called for. Appoint seven men full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit to do their job. For it's not right for us to leave prayer and the study of the word. What was he saying? We have to drink. Because when we drink, we come back, he said, out of those who drink, innermost being will flow rivers of living water. If I've drunk... And I come into this place this morning, what's going to flow out of me is a living stream of Holy Spirit water that's going to be impartation, 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 impartation to you. And you in turn will be able to flow. So the headship goes and sits in a place of intimacy so that when they have drunk, they can come out of that drinking and now they haven't just drawn and they're serving what they drew. They're serving what they drank and it comes out in you a stream of living water. There is a river, the streams thereof make glad the city of God. So when you are, and that is clear. In the fruit that is born in the church, that people have been fed from a stream of living water, but that's his responsibility. Not to serve the tables, that's the other leadership, so that it enables him and her to drink. Because now we come back to Ephesians. Am I doing all right? Okay, come back to Ephesians, it says... He gave apostles and prophets and some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting, hmm, say going on to perfection. Hebrews says we, we can leave the basics to go on to perfection. The perfecting of the saints is the maturity. Everybody shout that word. Look at somebody next to you say, grow up, man. Oh, no, sorry, I just... just Guys, it's funny and I'm trying to make it funny, but you know what? If 
pandemic, if, 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 if COVID has done one thing, it has pulled the cover off. Sorry, sorry. I'm just going to hit you and run this morning. It has pulled the... Not here. Not here. In, in, in Timbuktu and Pitsonavater and Tortoise dying of thirst place somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where that place is, but he just said... Okay. If there's one thing that's happened in the church, the cover has been pulled off. It's shown the maturity. One, two. Oh, there it is. It's shown the maturity of the church. Come on, hear what I'm saying now. The maturity of the broad body of believers has been uncovered that people are sitting Sunday for Sunday hearing messages that are powerfully directional and encouraging and feeding for people to be able to stand on the rock in the midst of a storm and not doubt and not be moved by every... But it's not there. The clear implication of what we're seeing is the church is divided in two groups. One is saying vaccinate, other one saying not vaccinate. We're attacking, we're attacking each other. There's all sorry, I'm just going to say it out there. Church is being attacked. It's, there's all sorts of things going on in amongst the people because they've never matured in a stability that says I can stand on the rock. I'm not moved by every wind of doctrine. I am in a place where I can stand. What did Elijah come and say? How long will you be driven by two different... If God is God, serve Him. Sorry, I'm just going to... I've got one minute and 60 seconds. If God is God, serve Him. If Mammon is God, serve Him. But he says, how long will you be blown about? It's immaturity that takes me and say, now I'm on this side. Vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. No, 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 no. Now I'm on this side. Don't. Don't. Oh, come on. Smile. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, like, like the one guy said, he went down, the really funny guy, he said he went down to the place where they were giving the injection. He said, and he sat really close to the sister that was doing it. He said, Pastor... I watched really closely. He said that needle is way, way too thin for them to push any chip or beast or anything. (laughs) He said, and when they were finished, he said, I went into the waiting room and I sat and watched all the people that had the injection. He said, and none of them grew horns. (laughs) Hello. There are a thousand different topics I can get into right now that people are bickering and fighting. They have no stability. They have no maturity of making up their own mind, not chased by some Facebook opinion and saying, I know that I know that I know my God is on the throne. The word that he's preached to me forever is the same. Amen and amen. God is with me. That's the, hey? Yeah. 
I'm, I, I, I probably will have to take it. Not because I want to take it, but because I want to travel to go and preach the gospel. And if I need to go and preach the gospel, I need to do that more than anything else. And so if they say to me, you can't get on the plane, I'm saying, you will pick up snakes and scorpions. You will drink poisonous stuff. Nothing's going to happen to you. So whether you do it or you don't do it, church, you are, but that's the kind of stuff that you are getting from your leadership to say, go, go. Um, my time is over. There, 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 is a, there is a voice behind you of the good shepherd saying, this is the way, walk in it. So although my shepherd leads from the front and I follow him, there's sometimes that he comes round to the back. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's when the shepherd is walking from behind and say, oh, I hear a voice behind me that says, this is the way. Walk in it. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. He's my rear guard. He's my fore God. He's the eagle above me and he's the rock beneath me. He's all around me. He's given his angels charge over me. I do not have to fear. I, I close by saying this. Ephesians, go and read Ephesians 4. He said, he goes through all of it, says, these people are here to build you up, to perfect and mature the saints in the work of the ministry. Hello, say, I have a ministry. All of you have a ministry. The, 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 the fivefold gifting is there to mature you and build you up and see you built up in that ministry. And then the next verse that nobody preaches, the next verse, the last verse in that says, so that we no longer get thrown about by every wind of doctrine like children. Paul says, I would have had you to have meat. But I cannot feed you meat right now. I've got to feed you milk. And then he shows you what immaturity looks like. He says, because one says I'm of Paul. And the other one says I'm of Apollos. So the, the, what is the English word for patescop? Pa partisanship. You know, I'm a, I'm a tea man. I, I, I'm a PT and a lady C man. Don't give me anything else. I, you know, only them and them alone. So, so I'm, I'm into this. No, says the other guy. No, no, no. I, I, I am a, I'm a Henry man. You, you hear what I'm saying? And so you, we got all that. And Paul says, what is this with you? Christ is the head of the church. Why are you into different personalities and personages? You should be following him and those who, who preach him. Amen and amen. Will you jump up on your feet, please? I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise offering. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Make a, make a, a, a positive faith confession. Say, this church is on the right road because Jesus is our shepherd. He's leading us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. We're going up. Not going down. We are victorious. 
We are not failing. <laughs> God is on the throne. Amen. Come on, give God another praise offering. Father, I thank you for this man and this woman. I thank you for this house. I thank you for the word that's flowing forth from this house. I thank you, Lord, that there is going to be much more fruit than we've ever seen before. In fact, I want to say to this man and this woman, there was a word over you not many, many years ago that said, I'm raising the platform. If we look back from that day to this, we know that that platform has been raised in so many different places. And with it, you have not left the people behind. But the people have climbed with you. As the platform has been raised around about the two of you, so it has been raised in the standard of the people that follow and are guided by you. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.